Welcome to another episode of the Personal Branding for Photographers podcast. My name is Maurice Jager and I'm a photographer, speaker and the author of the book Personal Branding for Photographers. This podcast is all about learning how to improve your personal brand as a photographer. Thank you for listening today and let's dive in. Welcome in this episode of the Personal Branding for Photographers podcast. And today we have Tony on the podcast, who is a photographer out of Arizona, United States, but he moved there a while ago and started his business there. And we're going to hear him out on his personal branding and what he does with his photography and all sorts of cool insights. So t- thank you, Tony, for being on this podcast. How are you? I'm good, man. How are you doing? You good? Yeah, yeah. Thank you for being on. So Thanks for having me, mate. Yeah, so for the people that don't know you, can you talk a little bit about yourself? Oh, that's always hard, isn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a headshot photographer. I, um, I'm from the UK. You might be able to tell the accent is not from Arizona. So... Um, from the UK, I, I, I moved to the US in 2011, and I, uh, I, I generally split my time between Los Angeles and Scottsdale, Arizona, um, yeah, shooting headshots. So were you already shooting headshots in the UK, or did you pick up photography after you, went, uh, after you got into the US? I picked up photography after I got to the US. I actually moved to the US to do a sales job, uh, which is what I did in the UK. Um, the... Oh God, that's a that's a long story in itself. Um, I, I got sponsored for a visa. The visa was taken taking a long time to to come through as as visas tend to, and I I needed to um, make some uh, money in the short term. And so I had a friend who you know was able to um, give me the the right information to to get a journalist visa. Um, I became a photojournalist, which was again in the short term until I until my sales job visa came through. Um, and I never, never changed. I, I, I've been a photographer ever since. So that you never did that sales job? Never did the sales job. No, I, I couldn't believe that that people were getting paid to take photos. <laughs> I was like, wow, people get paid to do this. This is cool. And um, got, you know, got, got, got okay. Got, got good at headshots, and and now I'm in a, a really fortunate position where this is what I do for a living. Yeah. So that's a funny story. I didn't even know that. So uh, yeah, you come from a sales background, right? Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, I um, I worked for seven or eight years for um, Audi and Bentley, the the car manufacturers. Um, yeah, that's that's what I did before I moved over here. So yeah, and you have the T and T method, which goes into the sales uh, from a photographer's point of view. So we can say that right. yeah. we could say like everything that you learned in your sales career is applied to the photography today. It is, yeah, and and when so the TNT method that you mentioned, that's a sales tutorial um, that we brought out. I think it was about eight nine months ago now. And what what it is is generally it's a it's a customer experience, a client experience tutorial. People hear the word sales and and they think second hand car dealer, you know, selling you extra insurance, selling you um, all kinds of stuff that you don't need, um, and then. Over, over charging you for, you know, sales just has a negative connotation. Yeah, we um, don't, need, different type. we don't need photographers that put foot in between doors and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. yeah all, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, this is obviously not that kind of, kind of sales. It's, you know, there's, there's, as I say, there's different types of sales people, there's different types of sales 
processes and um, when you work for a a high-end or luxury brand, I guess, um, guess you call it, the sales process is very different than if you go to a, you know, a second-hand car dealership. Not that all second-hand car dealerships are going to rip you off, but that's the, um, that's the stereotype, right? So, what it is, is it's, it's a client uh, experience tutorial where we're essentially giving your client an amazing experience and giving them the opportunity to spend more money if they want to. Um, and it's it's very comprehensive. It goes into the psycho- uh, psychology of it a lot. Um, it, it points out things that photographers do, which stop them making money. And there's there's a lot of things that photographers do that, that doesn't stop them making money, but it, it limits the amount of money they can make. Um, talks about those things and, and, and offers a different way to, to go about it that is proven. You know, I've not had a single photographer who's taken up this method and there's been a lot of them. I've not had a single photographer come back and say, hey, this is not working for me. Um, I've had a lot of people saying, wow, I'm making a ton more money and, and the people who are making more money, it's not just the top level photographers or just beginner photographers it's, it's people across the board um so yeah that's what the tnt method is it's um it's it's a way to um to, to make more money as a photographer yeah it, uh, it blows up your photography business hence tnt it blows up your business. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah i mean it's it's funny because my initials are tony tate is obviously tt um and tnt everybody thought my middle initial was n um it's not like it was just literally because of the tagline TNT will it'll blow up your business. Um, so yeah, that's that's where the name came from. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, because like I don't know, like the first thing that comes to mind when you read the word TNT is like I don't know, Wally Coyote and the Roadrunner, or like something with dynamite. <laughs> so it's like it's funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> you mentioned uh, like coming, like getting into the US, doing the photojournalism, I guess gig. And then, like going into the headshot business, like, and that was like first off more to like expedite, uh, like do something meaningful so you can work on the visa stuff. And uh, what what was is there another like motivation for you to like take pictures of people, or was that more of a like the easy route and do something? Like, how do you look at that now, like with the work that you're creating? Like, what do you want to achieve right. with the work at this point? Sure. Um, well, the, the transition from photojournalist to headshots, <clears throat> I, I was a photojournalist for the first five years, um, maybe even a little bit longer, that I, that I was in the States, actually five or six years. Um, and I traveled a ton. I, I did 46 states in, in, in like four and a half, five years. And, um, it was awesome while, while, while it was awesome, you know, like while it was, while I was traveling to all these different places and, and going to small towns, not just big cities and seeing America, it, it, and it's true representation rather than just skyscrapers and cool bridges and, and, you know, um, baseball and all that kind of stuff. What, what people outside of, America think of it. Um, it was amazing, but, but I started to get tired from all the traveling and I wanted to do something a little bit different. A friend of mine sent me a video of Peter's, Peter Hurley, who, you know, me and you both know very well. And, um, I saw these images and, and I'd never paid any attention to headshots whatsoever. I thought they were boring. I was like, why would anyone shoot a headshot? It's just a, essentially a passport photo. Um, and then I saw Peter's work and I was like, wow, these, it, so it doesn't have to be like that, you know. 
I'd never shot a headshot in my life at that point, and and I, I became really interested in it. I fell in love with how you can make people look. And then when I started photographing people, I, I fell in love with how you can make them feel. Um, it's it's really cool to be able to make somebody feel good about how they look. It's whether whether people like to admit it or not, we all place a, a, a high um, value of importance on how we look. It, it, it contributes to our confidence massively. Uh, at least for ninety nine point nine percent of people, I think, and um, and making people feel good about how they look is awesome. It's amazing. I love it. Yeah, and you are like the sales expert in photography at this point with your own tutorial and all the experience, and you obviously know how to take a killer headshot because like I've seen your work. And what? But what is it that um, is your personal brand? Like, what do you want to put out there when I was a, when I'm a client and I go look at your stuff like what is the vibe that i'm getting right so everything i do um you know it's, it's modeled off peter's work peter taught me how to shoot headshots so um and and it's a great it's a you know it's a great recipe for shooting commercial corporate headshots um it's very clean background are very very clean the lighting's very clean there's no distractions in there um you know i think that the thing that most people get when they when they look at my headshots, and this is only because, you know, this is what clients tell me, is there's something about the person in the image where they, they're showing some personality. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I think minimal, clean, modern, um, that's pretty much in, in everything that, that I put out there, including the pricing structure, which is basically a session fee and a pair image fee. It's really simple. Um, everything across the board is, is very simple, but very effective. Yeah. And like the wording and all of that is like, is there thought behind the way that you were to copy on your website and what are the thoughts behind yeah. that? Yeah. I mean, um, it's, I, I think when people get the photo taken, it's it's second only to going to get a root canal at the dentist. You know, people generally are not looking forward to it. Uh, most people get the photo taken because they have to for some reason, and and they put it off for as long as they can, and then they they go get one. Um, when when I'm going to the dentist, which we all hate to do, I I, I find myself, and I never do this for anything. I, I'm never one of these people who research, you know, a ton of things um, before I do it. But when I go to the dentist, I'll, I'll Google, like, what is this procedure like? What can I expect? And, and it really makes me feel good when when people say, it's actually not that bad, you know? It's like, it's, and, and so... Like, do I, you take it as far as, like, going on YouTube and, like, looking at how it's done? Or do you just, like... No, read, no, no, no. I don't, read I don't, reviews or I don't like want something. to see that. Nah. Yeah, I don't want to see that stuff. No, but but I but I there's, there's an unknown stepping into to a situation like that, and I'm just bringing it back to, to headshots. There's an unknown for people when they come into my studio to get the headshot taken, obviously unless they've done it before. Um, but mo almost everybody hasn't, and and I think being able to reassure them that this unknown is actually not that bad. Um, Finding the empathetic angle on a on copy on your website really important. Letting them know that you understand them, yeah. they, you understand what their fears are. If you like, you understand that you know this is an uncomfortable process, but it's actually not that bad, and you you don't need to worry about it because I'm going to take care of it. You know that that's the kind of language I, I I put on my website, 
And that's not only to build a connection with clients. That is because if they do see that kind of language on the website, when they get to the studio, they're not going to be as nervous, which means that the shoot's going to go better and, you know, everybody's happy. Um, so that's generally the, the language I put on the site. So do you use a lot of factual information or do you like add in a ton of personality so they know, get to know you more beforehand as well? Um no, neither of those. I mean, I guess I, I, when I first put the website up, there was a ton of, you know, information about me on a separate page if somebody wanted to know. Uh, but, but I, I've scaled back on that stuff. Um, there's not a, you know, there's not a ton of factual information. It's, it's, it's more like a conversation, I guess. Um, it's more conversational. The, co- the copy on there is more, um, conversational because factual information, it, it, that's never really reassuring. To an individual, you know, I I, I don't think. Um, so yes, it's more it's more conversational. Yeah, like the thing that I sometimes do when somebody's like really freaked out in the studio, I tell them to go change, and then I they come back and step in front of the camera, and I and I take better shots because um, they've been in the same place for the second time, even though it's like a couple feet apart. So that really is like go, a yeah. reassuring That's thing. Cool. So it's like, they ask me like, why is that? It's like, yeah, you you were in this same spot for the second time. So you, now you know what to expect. Like the first time yeah. you stepped in front of my light, you had no idea what the heck was going on. And then you just left for two minutes, got another shirt now you're back and you're here for the second time so you're more confident that's cool i uh, like that a lot yeah that's that's a good one that's uh that's some uh, stupid psychology crap that i figured out myself years ago but for some reason it works yeah. like i don't have any scientific back thing on that or whatever but it's weird and it's cool yeah uh, yeah i can see how that works it's a really good idea yeah like, I always compare it to like when you go to a bar or a restaurant or a friend's house for the first time and you don't know where the restroom is, you feel uncomfortable because you know you don't know where to go and you have to ask. And the second right. time you feel yeah. like you're at home because you know where everything yeah. is. Like you're all like, okay, I've been here before. I can relax and I kind of compare it to that. Yeah, it's a gr- it's it's a great comparison. Yeah, that's that's a great um, trick. You might use it. <laughs> yeah, feel free to steal it. Like, and for the pers- the people that are listening, like, feel free to use that little metaphor, if you will. So, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, I don't know, it, it works, and it, people recognize it. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see why. Cool. So, you work with other people when you work? Like, do you have makeup and like uh, like other people that help you run your business, or are you very like solo entrepreneur? Um, yeah, so do, I mean, there's a, there's a couple of couple of businesses. I I guess the studio, uh, which is what I you know what we're primarily talking about. Um, it's it is just me. Um, I, I have freelance makeup artists and things like that 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 I use. Um, and then there's there's another business head shop worker, which is the you know photography agency if you like and there's there's four of us in that uh myself peter hurley lauren lieberman joe pelosi so luckily enough that i don't have to do all that on my own because there's a lot lot of work involved in that uh but in the studio it's it's just me yeah yeah and just to pause on headshot booker for just a minute um you had an awesome event uh, a while ago since this is broadcasted like halfway september so you had a cool mm-hmm. event where you helped um unemployed america or people that are got unemployed or need a little help in the covid-19 crisis and you came up with a cool event that was your brainchild yeah it was it was something that i thought of when we were in quarantine and you know i was trying to just figure out what 
what to do. You know, I, I was wasting away at home, kind of racking my brains out like I think we all were. And uh, yeah, came up with this idea of how we can give back as kind of as, as HR photographers. Um, and I was lucky enough that, that everybody jumped on board. A lot of people jumped on board. A lot of large companies jumped on board, including Canon, which we all know, uh, Brookfield Properties, Spot My Photos, um, Tether Tools, Photo Flash Drive, which is an awesome um, photo, photo marketing, I guess, they, business where, where they sell branded um, branded bottles and, and, you know, flash drives and stuff like that. So, um, and then Synergy Communications as well. There was a ton of people Plus, most importantly, 200 photographers who, on one day, on July 22nd, um, we offered 10,000, we offered headshots to 10,000 unemployed Americans for free. Um, and, and yeah, it was, it was amazing. It was, it was awesome. Yeah. You, you, if you're a photographer and you didn't see it, like it was all over the place. Like I couldn't open up any social platform without like seeing something, whether it was from a photographer from a news outlet or from a blog or like I have no idea what but like it was all over the place it was crazy yeah I mean we had so much press for nothing we had Bloomberg business um, Yahoo Finance Fast Company Magazine the Today Show USA Today the Today Show and more like there was a ton of individual stories on, on local CBS and, and Fox and NBC and all that kind of stuff in local cities around the country, which highlighted the photographers, the local photographers, which I was really happy about because, you know, as headshot photographers, it can be difficult to get uh, media coverage, you know, especially if you're not going to pay for it and things like that. Yeah. And so many photographers who took part in this got amazing local media coverage you know and i know from personal experience if you get local media coverage forget who's watching at the time you're you're on the local news that stuff helps you for years when you bring it off and put it on your website and then clients go on your website and say okay such and such was on the news instant validation for what you do yeah you're instantly good at what you do because you're on the news. You just are, <laughs> you know, whether it's true or not you, in, in the client's eyes, you just are. Um, and I was so happy to see so many photographers get, get media coverage so, in, in like small and large cities, you know, New York, Ohio, um, obviously the state, but Ohio, um, Southern California, everywhere, everywhere. It was, it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I actually heard other photographers, like when there's, multiple photographers in the same city that one photographer traveled to another city and set up shop just to like help more people. It was so cool. It was the, and these photographers who, who before this would see each other as their competition and now friends and now they, they work together and they know the power of coming together and working together rather than treating each other as competition, which photographers have this crazy habit of, you know, anybody who's in their market is somehow an enemy or somehow, competition to them and and that makes no sense whatsoever but but a lot of people do it um it was it was just amazing those photographers would would i'll be forever um grateful to them yeah and like as a photographer who doesn't have like this huge event that is like a vehicle if you will to attract local attention what would what did you do when you started your uh headshot business in scottsdale like what was it that you did to like get noticed um i mean it wasn't 
it wasn't conscious, honestly, to, to get noticed that way. Um, my whole thing was just get really, you know, my whole plan from the very beginning was just get really good at what I do and, and showcase it in the, in the best possible way on, on the website. I'm not very good at SEO. Um, I'm not very good at, I'm not a technical person at all, really. Um, my whole thing was get, you know, just be a very good headshot photographer, have a nice, clean website. Um, and I think because I'd become good as a headshot photographer, I, I was, I was just lo- noticed locally. Um, and the, a local Fox channel featured me. Um, and then, you know, there was things like Tether, I did all sorts of Tether tools and, and Pro EDU and, and JPEG Mini. And then there was an article in the F Stoppers about the uh, sales tutorial I, I did. Things like that. It just kind of came organically. It wasn't really a conscious effort to do something specific to be noticed. I just knew that if I, become good at what I do, you know, fingers crossed. Well, I didn't know. I, I was hopeful that, that, it, that something would come out of it. And, and it did, and, and it, it continues to do so. And I'm, I'm really, really fortunate. I just got to keep working hard to make sure it keeps coming. Yeah, and I think one thing that you learned is like to take away hurdles for people to book you. I think that's what the website looks like and the booking process and all of that right that's the most important thing yeah right so so you you have to make it easy for people to to book you or to um to spend money with you you know i mean this is like is as much as um it's awesome that we can make people feel good about themselves when we take the photo and things like that we also have to look at it as you know we have bills to pay as well and and we need to keep the doors open too and so Making it easy for people to um, to spend money with you is is incredibly important, and you've got to look at all of the ways that you can do that from from start to finish in the whole process. So yeah, you take people through a customer journey, pretty much in marketing sales speak, and that starts on the website, and that ends when you send them the shots, or is there like an after service or aftercare where you? reach out again or ask for reviews or any of that or how does it work um there's not really an after um aftercare uh, there's you know once i send them their image i don't generally don't ask for reviews <clears throat> um again i'm i'm really fortunate that i have awesome clients and i think i've got i don't even know close to 90 something or 80 something five star reviews um, and that's just come from people who, who want to go and, and review. Uh, again, really, really fortunate to have that. And it's also really helpful as well when people are looking for a headshot photographer to see so many people who have enjoyed their, their experience. Um, so, I mean, you know, I, I, I most of my clients, I'll end up, we'll end up following each other on, on social media and, and um, you know that's again that's just an organic way to keep in touch you know and and yeah it's it, it's not incredibly thought out <laughs> but 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 it works you know it, it's my process and 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 it works really well so since we uh, touched the topic of social media like is it important to you is it just for fun and kicks or do you approach it from a business point of view i i used to approach it from a business point of view i, I used to um so so i started this thing a few i don't know whether it was i don't know three years ago maybe a little bit longer where every single day and it was more for me it was it was a really um personal thing where every morning i made a conscious decision to 
wake up and start the day positive with like a positive quote or something like that, right? And so it was just to put myself through the process of waking up, I'd make my coffee, um, and I'd just read something positive. And, and, you know, I know this stuff is not for everyone. I'm not trying to be all hippie-ish about it and tell people they need to be positive. But, but I just went through this period of like doing it because it was helping me. Mm-hmm. And, and it was cool. And so to hold myself accountable, what I would do is every morning, while I was reading it, I'd pick out one quote and I'd just put it on my Instagram story. Every morning, I did it every morning for, I don't know, it was probably close to a couple of years. It was a long time. And during that time, I found myself getting hundreds and hundreds, sometimes over a thousand views on my story and, and getting followers every single day. And it built up my followers to like 12,000 people or something like that. It was cool. Um, and then after a little bit, I got a little bit, you know, bored with it. It was, it was, you know, kind of didn't feel like I was having the effect it was and so I carried it on for a little bit because I was like I'm getting a ton of followers from this I can't stop doing it yeah um, but it became old and then to you it just became work it just became something I wasn't particularly enjoying mm-hmm. and so I carried it on for a little bit and then I was like okay this is not organic anymore this is more like I'm doing this for the wrong reasons um, and I was probably getting a little bit lazy with it as well and then and so I stopped it um and and then I realized that obviously when I stopped it, you know, after a while that, you know, stopped getting new followers from it. And then my followers started to decline and they went backwards. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I kind of realized this whole social media game is like, it's, it's a lot of hard work and I don't care about it that much. Yeah. So, you know, I'll, I'll, do whatever I want to do and you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put a ton of importance in it and so now I mean I barely I I barely post on the feed anymore there but I post a fair bit on on Instagram stories and um, yeah it's it's really just now something I do because it's fun when I want to do something it's it's because I want to do it and and I'm not really making any concerted effort to get followers or, or to you know build a brand on Instagram or be a social media influencer or any of that kind of stuff it's it's awesome for people who are um but it's it's also a lot of work and yeah i i I put my 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 time into other things yeah like i see your instagram stories and like are you a daredevil because you always like i see you always in the car recording him It's like, always well this is it yeah, yeah. Like, i it's like i don't know what it is maybe it's i think it, that actually started because it's where i felt most comfortable being on camera i was terrible on camera now i'm, I'm a lot better i'm a lot more confident and relaxed but speaking on camera speaking in front of people used to freak me out like you wouldn't believe um and i, I did this challenge a few years ago where i was like okay every single day for 30 days i'm going to put myself on camera and i'm going to talk on Instagram, just to kind of get, you know, it was annoying me that I was so nervous. And rather than just saying, okay, well, I'm nervous, I don't want to do it. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to make myself feel uncomfortable and I'll make myself feel uncomfortable every day if I have to. And so I did this on camera challenge for 30 days and it worked like, you know, three weeks in, I was feeling a lot better. I still wasn't completely comfortable at the end of the 30 days, but I, I uh, honestly, it made me realize that nobody cares in a good way. You know, it's like I think we we were self conscious about certain things, and and being on camera, I was really self conscious because I was like, oh my god, people are going to see this, and and I hate the way I sound, and and you know all this kind of stuff. And then I realized actually, I mean, I care about how I sound and how I look 
a lot more than anybody else does. You know, no nobody cares about that stuff. It's 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 kind of a little bit silly to be worried about what people think because people just they don't care that much. Um, so that that got me over. And and now you know with with doing the TNT tutorial, we I did a ton of media for ten thousand headshots. So you know I was live on like the biggest news channel in in Los Angeles. I was. Um, the same for I think it was Dallas and and a few other places and then you know it, now live TV is still terrifying but um, in general being on camera is not not such a big deal anymore um, but anyway going back to what you were saying I felt most comfortable when I was in the car because I I was able to not look at the camera while I was on camera because I had to look at the road mm-hmm. and it's just a habit and now it's like actually it's being in the car and. And being on camera feels most natural to me. So yeah, and I guess yeah. like a lot of people get the best ideas when they're driving because they are like not really distracted and they there's like time to collect your thoughts. So it makes yeah. sense. In yeah, that. I mean it does. Yeah, yeah. I I spend a lot of the time in the car and I and I like that time to reflect and think think about things. Yeah, um, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I have a I have a relationship with Siri in the car. When I come up with ideas, I start yelling at my phone and. Like getting on, getting in the notes app or whatever. It's like I have <laughs> so many notes when I'm driving, and then it's like back in the studio or whatever. It's like trying to make sense of the gibberish that is in right. there and like cleaning it up and <laughs> like cool. I don't know blog ideas or content ideas or I don't know something yeah. I want to do in the studio or like I don't know. Like there's always like so many things coming up, and like right now with the COVID thing, I'm not driving that much, so it's like yeah, eh, it's like. I need that for some reason as well. So like right. I, I kind of like that and like being in the car, going cross country, which is like the Netherlands. So it's like two hours each way at yeah. most. Yeah. But it's like, it's two hours. It's like, it's a, it's a lot of time to like it reflect is. and come up with yeah. shit. It is, definitely, yeah. So you've been a headshot photographer for how long now? Um, not that long, you know, not, not like full time, like doing nothing else. Three years, okay. three and a half years, maybe. Cool. Yeah, not that long. So, not what? That long. What is the most valuable thing that you learned in that period of time? Oh man. Um, oh yeah, we're going into the difficult ones now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, there's just a few. <laughs> I, I guess it, it would it would be somewhere between. I learned. I think I learned to communicate with people better, and I was, I've always been a good communicator. I've always felt like I was a good communicator communicator because in sales you kind of have to be but i think i can communicate with um oh man i don't know how to explain it it's it's like if i was in a sales situation one-on-one with somebody i could have that communication and and it's a structured process i guess Mm -hmm. but but when you're one-on-one with somebody who's getting a headshot taken and they're really nervous and and every single one of those people are nervous in different ways and and some people show that they're nervous by being um, not nice people, you know, they, they just do. And some people show they're nervous by, by being really shy. And 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 some people show they're nervous by, by being really loud. It, it, it's an amazing array of, like, ways for people to express their emotions and and being able to have empathy for, for them, regardless of how they're reacting to what they feel. And, and not only have empathy for them, but get them to a point where you're getting photos of them that they that they 
love and you know it's sometimes it's a short process sometimes it's a really long process um being able to do that's a real skill um and and yeah it's probably the most valuable thing i've learned develop some sort of a feeling for how people feel in their own skin and adapt accordingly yeah i i guess just being able to to get the best out of people in in that one situation regardless of what their personality is or, or, you know, what level of nervous nervousness they're at. Um, and, and it's, it's basically communication. It's basically, I'm, I'm a better communicator and, and I place a lot of importance on, on being able to communicate well to people. It's, it's really, really important in every single, um, aspect of my life, being able to communicate with people and, 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 constantly wanting to be better because we'll never ever be perfect at our communication but constantly wanting to be better at communicating with people and making people feel good about themselves is everything wow is there still something that you're learning or struggling with that you want to deal with i mean everything right there's there's nothing that i'm not I'm not a master at anything. I'm not. What, um, what is the thing on your list right now that you want to solve or that you feel like, oh my gosh, if I could do this thing better, then I would feel better or be better? So there's a lot of things on my list for that. I've got a lot of goals. I've got a lot of ambitions. I'm, I'm a really ambitious person. Uh, one immediate thing that's on my list is um, it, it, it relates to Headshot Booker and it, it's the reason why we wanted to form Headshot Booker in the first place and that is right now there's hundreds of headshot photographers around around the US I'll just be US specific for this example even though I know we're not just talking to US based people yeah sure um, there's, a, there's hundreds of photographers around the US and what I believe what I almost know is happening right now is that the standard of photography is, is, you know, all over the place, honestly. And, and that's fine. And that's never going to change. And, and it never should change. The standard of pricing for photographers right now is equally as all over the place. And, and what is happening is there are some, there's a lot of photographers, a huge percentage of those hundreds of photographers who are being underpaid for what they do. Um, partly because they don't have the confidence to, to charge what they should be charging. Partly because clients have no idea what the value of headshot photography is. Headshot photography for, and I'm talking on a corporate level here, headshot photography on a corporate level is a new thing. Um, you know, in Europe, it, it doesn't, it doesn't exist in the same way it does here in the US. You know, corporate, Headshot photography, it, it's a thing, but but it's even n- newer than what it is here in the US. And, and with any new product, um, unless there's some kind of guidance on, on what the value of it is, people don't know what the value of it is. And and so right now, I, I know that there's, there's clients out there who will see an amazing headshot photographer who's going to come on location and give them awesome headshots for, for 50 people for six seven thousand dollars and i also know that there's clients who see another photographer who can give good headshots for those same people for five hundred dollars so the question is is the person who's charging seven thousand overcharging or is the person who's charging five hundred undercharging and the que- the answer is that the person the five hundred dollar person is undercharging because think about all the equipment we have as headshot photographers as photographers in general there's thousands sometimes tens of thousands of dollars worth of equipment we're taking with us to these places there's hundreds and hundreds of hours of our time 
that we put into being good at what we do, you know. And then there's other expenses. There's insurance. There's you know fuel. There's studios in a lot of cases. Um, and and because there's there's no standard, if you like, of of pricing, that there are people who who are undercharging. And and with with Headshot Booker, um, I, I want to find a way to figure that out and and make sure that clients are getting the, the good products yeah. and, and photographers are getting paid properly for it. Because, yeah. And I say products because head, to a client, a, a headshot photograph is a product. You know, it's, that's just how, how they, they see it. Yeah. Um, and so that's how we should look at it as well. Yeah. So um, I, I, I just want to make sure that photographers are being paid properly and, and there's some kind of um, some kind of standardization on, okay, if you're going to go on location and shoot 10 people, don't do it for you know don't do it for something that is not worth doing it for um that that's at the top of my list right now and i think if we can do that then our industry as a whole will be a lot healthier there's going to be more photographers being paid what they should be getting paid and there's going to be more clients happy with the product that they're getting from from photographers right now it's just all over the place and Clients don't know the value of it. Photographers struggle with pricing it, and um, it, it's 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 a lot of work. But I think it's it's fixable, and and if we get it right, then we'll all be in a better place. Yeah, I was in the same the same situation like you just mentioned. Actually, today, like my pricing structure is rather simple, even for corporate corporate gigs and. My uh, corporate headshot thing, pretty much, I developed the industry in the country because when I started doing headshots seven years ago, um, I was trying to work with the term headshots because, like, I was also like looking to the U.S. photographers, and then I went on Google and I found that my competition for headshots was Call of Duty, so that wasn't right, really yeah. working for me. So I went yeah. with like LinkedIn profile pictures or like something uh, free, freely translated to that, and then I, sure. and then I went to the most famous or longest in the business photographer in my city. And I looked at his rates and I doubled them and that was my starting point. And then, and then with the corporation gigs, I um, took 50% of my studio session fee and use that as a per person fee. And that's what I'm, and that's what I'm still doing because then I can shoot volume. And like, if I have to like drive somewhere for an hour and I can shoot 10 people, I shoot these people in like, an hour and 15 and I'll make good money and right yeah and I had a person today reach out to me from like a international company and she only needed three shots for this the like the sea level people and they wanted to come to the studio so I explained like okay this is my studio fee let me give you the corporate fee if you can all come together I'll shoot you you'll get like the corporate fee, which is like half per person as the actual studio fee. And then she tried, she tried to haggle me into doing the studio fee, but shooting three people for that fee. Right. And I'm like, yeah. and I'm like, yeah. yeah, that doesn't really work for me. And I feel so sorry that you don't have the budget for it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's, I, I think we're, we're always going to come across people who are trying to get something for cheaper. Um, but but the I think one of the big issues now and, and I don't know whether that's just the case in the Netherlands, but um one of the big issues now with, with the US is that, you know, if somebody calls me up 
and and say and say that and, and wants me to do it for ridiculously cheap. Obviously, I'm going to say no to that. But I also know as soon as I say no, they do have other options. They do have people who will do it. Um, and that, and again, that's fine. I'm I'm not trying to tell people that they they shouldn't charge what 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 is good value to them. And what what's good value to me it might not be good value to someone else, and so they should charge what what works best for them. Um, my my aim is to um, have it just so photographers in general are not having to do work for less than they, they want to because there's so many people charging $500 to go on location and shoot 100 people and, and you know, shoot and burn, just give them all the files and then the client is actually not happy with the end product either because they've got 3,000 files that they have to go through and, and they don't actually like any of them so yeah it's 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 an issue and, and it's not an issue that there will always be people who want things for, for cheaper even people who, who can afford to spend more but I think we can make it a lot better I think I think we can start getting headshot photographers paid what they should be paid yeah and I think a lot of people don't know what a what a headshot is worth, both both photographers and clients. So I started right. I started listening to this like sales trainer uh, in the Netherlands, actually a Dutch fellow, and he's like old as the hills and has like all these like funny ways of like explaining sales. And he always mentions the fair price, like something should be fair to both. And yeah, he, he's like if you. Um, come up with a quote and somebody comes back and you lower your rates, you're pretty much telling these people, I tried to rip you off before, I can do it for 20% less. Like, I'm sorry, like I try and steal you out of 20%, but like right now I can do it for less and just to get the deal. And that's yeah. not fair. It's like, cause that's not fair to anybody, like to the market, to all your other clients. Then you're just trying to get the deal short term and just like, it's, I don't know. I, I, I that really resonated with me all the time. So when people start to like, Disc, get discounts it's I just like no like it's fine and then he said like if people can't chi- can't pay your rates it's not your problem it's their problem that they don't have the budget for it so never make their problem your problem and lower your rates and I was like yeah that yeah, makes sense right yeah it makes it makes a lot of sense and and discounting is is a lot of the time part of people's business model and it works for a lot of people you know if you go to a a market store and there's something there for fifteen dollars. You're probably going to be able to get it for twelve or ten. That's their, that's their business model. You know, that's just the way it is. They'll they'll mark it up. Yeah. Um, and and you know, not not comparing people who do that to another business, but but it works for some people. I I personally don't do it. I I don't discount. No. Um, on on individuals or or otherwise. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's um, yeah. It's some, for some people, it, it's their business model, and and it works out for them. So you mentioned goals just a minute ago um, in passing, uh, and you talked about the headshot book. Or like, or do you have like photography and studio goals? Um, a lot of my attention's on headshot booker right now. Mm-hmm. There's there's a lot of time and, and work that's going to go into that over the next few months. Uh, my, my photography goals will, uh, my studio goals will, will always be to, to grow. Um, right now it's, it's, it's mostly, mostly headshot buffer related. Okay. Um, so what does, what is the, what, what does success mean to you? When are you successful? Oh man, I have no idea. No idea? <laughs> I don't know. Wow. I don't know. Like if, if, if I would have, when I was a kid, if I would have, you know, saw what I could do, like what I was doing today. I, you know, I'm 37, just turned 37. Um, 
when I was a kid, if, if somebody would have said to me, okay, you know, you can have this cool life, you can do this cool job and, and you know, all that kind of stuff, I would have said when I was a kid, okay, that's, I'll take it, don't feel, let's shake on it right now. Um, and, and now it's like, I've, you know, I'm doing a lot of things that I love and, and I don't want to settle for it, you know, and I also, it, it sounds strange because it kind of goes against what most people do for goal setting. Most people have a very specific goal and they strive for that goal. And for me, it's almost like, I, I don't know what that, I don't want to cap it, you know, because if I would have capped it when I was a kid, I wouldn't be doing any more than I'm doing now. I probably would have settled a lot earlier than this, actually. Wow. Um, like just moving to LA, just living in LA and, and you know, being able to do that would have, being probably cool enough so yeah i i i don't know when i I'll, maybe i'll never feel you know that symptoms of success i i really don't know but i i just i know that there's always more i i get i, I feel that there's always more and you know i'm i'm going along for the ride and, and I'm, I'm excited so when we have this same conversation in three years where's tony then uh, i don't know I don't know. No, in a cool place, though. No, like it's you know. Again, you know, going back to Headshot Walker. Headshot Walker will be um, more established and and grown more than it is now. You know, I can I can say individual stuff like that, but that's boring to people. Like, who cares about what Headshot Walker is doing in three years? You know, who cares? You know, whether there's a a dollar amount of money I want to be earning in in three years, nobody cares. Um, And I don't blame them. I I don't care. I wouldn't either. Um, I will hopefully just still be enjoying everything and and still being excited about what's to come. And And I think if if I'm enjoying everything and I'm I'm excited about what's to come, then then I'll I'll be in a really good place. So it's more about happiness than about dollar amounts or fancy cars or all of the other stuff. It's I mean, yeah, yeah, yes and no. I mean, I, honestly, I you know I want to part of my ambition is is to be you know financially successful as well. Um, but but. What first, what comes to my mind first when when I think of um, where I want to be in three years? I I, I want to be I want to be enjoying myself and I want to be excited about things that are coming up. And, and if I've got those things, I mean, financial success will just come with with that kind of you know that kind of experience and that kind of outlook. It just will. And if it doesn't, I'll be I'll be happy and excited. So who cares? You know, it's it it it. Definitely part of my ambition, but it's not. I would, I would rather be excited for the future than, um, than, than have twenty million dollars in the bank and not really know what happens next. You know, I'd, I'd honestly rather be excited for the future because if there's something to play for still, mm-hmm. then then you've got something to do. You know, like I've I've got friends and and, and you know really close friends who are really really financially successful and and they they you know. They've earned it and, and they, they, they love their lives and, and they're, they're still excited for what's next, you know? But if they weren't, if they were really financially successful and, and kind of, okay, well, you know, that's, that's that, then why, what's the point in, in, in being financially successful if you're not excited about what comes next? You know, to me, that's that's the game is to be excited about what comes next. It's not about um, stopping when you when you get to a number or or anything like that. So yeah, man, I said that was a long long answer to to a pretty simple question. But um, yeah, I, if, if I've got something to look forward to, then then I'll be happy. Okay.
Well, it was a good answer. At least it sounds good to me. So where do you want people to, <laughs> so where do you want people to go online to um, follow your track of excitement and see what you're doing? <laughs> <laughs> After all this, I go to my Instagram and I'll be like this 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 guy is excited for this yeah. crap. <laughs> He looks very excited in his uh, car. <laughs> right, I know driving talking about Um, I mean, I, in, Instagram is where where I tend to live mostly. Um, Tony Tate at Tony Tate. Um, yeah, follow me there if you want. Yeah, and I'll link all the the TNT method and the website and LinkedIn and whatever. I'll link it in the show notes um, of this podcast. If anybody wants to follow Tony uh, on any of these platforms, feel free to check him out. Um, thank you so much, Tony, for uh, spending. Uh, all this time with us and uh, sharing your expertise and knowledge and all the cool things you're doing and the excitement, obviously. I appreciate it. My pleasure, mate. Yeah, I appreciate you uh, having me on. It was fun. Thank you. And that's it for today. But before we part ways, let me invite you to my personal branding for photographers community on Facebook. The group has already around 700 photographers who want to learn everything about improving their personal brand. Make sure to add yourself by going to mauricejager.com forward slash Facebook or subscribe to my podcast on your preferred platform. Thank you for listening and I'll see you on Facebook or you'll hear from me in the next episode. Enjoy your day. Talk soon. Bye.